I'm George Lizos, spiritual teacher, psychic killer, and number one best-selling author. Growing up in a small and Christian community, I was judged and rejected for being gay and different. After a futile two-year attempt to change who I was born to be, I called myself a human abomination and almost took my own life. Fortunately, in my darkest moment, I saw the light and ventured on a healing journey of love, forgiveness, and spiritual awakening. Yet my dating life since hasn't always been all roses and rainbows, and my past dramas and traumas have definitely kept things spicy. Fast forward past many awkward dates and disappointing sex, I created Can't Host to challenge toxic gay stereotypes, explore the complex dynamics of gay sex and relationships, and create opportunities for healing and growth. If you're a gay guy seeking more joy, freedom, and authenticity in your sex, life, and relationships, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Can't Host. This episode is also quite personal for me because my guest, Agneta Sergeyevas, is basically my first crush and the person I lost my virginity with. So Agnetas and I have a long history and we talk about it in the beginning of this episode. But the main topic of the episode is all about trending gay sex toys because Agnetas works for the busiest sex shop in Europe based in Soho, London. Specifically, in this episode, Agnetas and I talk about what working in a sex shop looks like, how to make the most of your sex shop experience, the kind of customers they get and how they approach them, how they make them feel comfortable. We talk about whether sex toys will eventually replace physical connection and whether this should happen or not. Agneta shares what sex toys sell and what sex toys don't sell so much. And you'll learn about some unexpectedly popular sex toys that really surprised me as well. We'll talk about how AI technology is changing the sex toy business. Oh my goodness. The sex toy he talks about is something you would never expect, but it's so ingenious. He also shares a surprising fetish sex toy bestseller. That was quite surprising for me as well, but hmm, weirdly interesting. <laughs> I'm definitely willing to try that. And tips for getting the right sex toys for you. We talk about different varieties, materials, motors, and how to uh, spice up your sex life with the right toy. You can get in touch with both Agnetas and I on Instagram. My handle is at George Lizos, and you can find Agnetas' handle and all his details in the show notes below. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to rate and subscribe. And if you have any comments to share with us, make sure to send us a DM on Instagram. We're always happy to respond. Enjoy this episode with Agnetas Sergeyevas. Hello, my darling. How are you? Hi, George. How are you doing? Long time. <laughs> You haven't called me George in a while. I know. Well, we barely talk because I'm so busy all the time with my work. So what do you call me? Diva? I called you Sunshine. What are some of the names we called each other through the years? Well, last year, I think I started calling you Liza Minnelli because your hair actually <laughs> reminds me of Liza Minnelli and uh, because how short they are. So <laughs> I prefer Pretty Princess. <laughs> oh, that's the one that you came up with. Yeah, that was a video that I did with Agnetas when I went and I stayed over at his house a few years ago. We got so drunk and you dressed me up with a little mini dress and high heels. George, <laughs> and I did a, a whole skit of I am a pretty princess. I think anyone who comes to my house, they always get wasted. So that's kind of like 
some people like it and some people don't. So sometimes I only have visitors that would come, you know, once and then they'll never go back because they get so drunk. And But we have a good time, don't we? You, you have a way of getting me wasted. Like for so many years, I'm like, I don't drink. And then I go out with Agnetas and there I am an hour later, drunk as fuck, <laughs> doing whatever, whatever it is that I do. When I, when I am with you, but you know what? I do enjoy it. And I let myself like let loose when I'm with you, which is something that I enjoy about our friendship. Speaking of which, before we get started talking about sex shop and sex toys and what sells and what doesn't and what people use and what they don't use, let's talk a little bit about us because I want people to like know a little bit about our story and why we're here having this conversation right now. We met when I was 17 years old. And I said this to you many times before, but I'm going to say it publicly now. Agnetas took my virginity. There. <laughs> it's out there. Oh, here we go. <laughs> okay. That's a shy moment, but um, I'm happy about that. I'm happy that I was the first one. And I'm happy that you're actually my oldest friend at the moment that I have. So, uh, yeah, it's 17 I'm years. To have I you. Think it's been 17 years. Is or, it? No. I don't know. My math is really bad. 15 at least. 15 for sure. So we met in a, in a gay forum in Cyprus, an online forum that was the beginning of, uh, of like online chat, chat rooms. There was no Facebook, there was no Twitter, there was no Instagram, there was just a gay online forum and a few other like social media sites that I never, I don't even remember right now. I think there was one called High Five, IRC. And then we met in a park and we, we hung out and then it all happened outside in in a park. And you know what? I think that's when I started getting interested in like cruising and stuff like that. Because <laughs> that was my expectation. That was the first time it happened. I lost my virginity in a freaking forest. And then afterwards, like it's a long story. We're going to keep it short. We kind of dated well, kind of hung out and had sex for like a year. After which you left, you went to the UK. And that was seven years of my life where I had unresolved feelings towards you that I held inside, that I suppressed, that I closed my heart for so long. And then we reconnected again years later when you came over to Cyprus for holidays. I think it was at least seven years later. You came over to Cyprus for holidays. We found each other on Grindr and we reconnected then. And we've been like close friends ever since. Yeah, indeed. But I also remember when we had the chat, uh, when you wanted to actually talk with me in regards to your feelings and that you didn't have your closure for a very, very long time. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't know about that. I remember having this chat in, I think it was in the car as well. Yes. And I even had a, a very strong drink next to me. And uh, people will think that I'm alcoholic now, but I'm not, <laughs> I swear. Yeah, you literally let out all your feelings. And I think uh, for that, like, uh, there was a lot of courage for you as well to to do that. And um, I think once you let everything out, you we even more connected, I think. Exactly, because it was real. We got real. I was vulnerable. You shared with me. And what I loved about that moment is that you did not freak out. You held the space and you were open to receiving what I had to say. And you were willing to hear me and also to move forward from that. And that brought us closer. And even though we don't live in the same country anymore, like we, we visit each other often. Whenever you come to Cyprus, we meet and we hang out. And I do the same when I come to the UK. We're going to Madonna together in October. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> I can't he wait. He got for me that. into Madonna. I got you to Despina Bandi. Despina Bandi is a great pop singer that I got him into, and he's a, more obsessed than I am now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for new releases of her of her music. But yeah, that that's definitely uh, true. But I think how we connected back in in Cyprus is that. I think you were very, very adventurous as as a person and you were always wanting to try things and you always were ahead of me. I think you you just didn't have limits where I whereas I was just still finding myself of who I was. Uh, I had my first ever sex in Cyprus. I bought my first ever, uh, ever sex toy in Cyprus. So everything actually started from there. I was I was going to ask you about your story because now you work in a sex shop you are a manager you run the busiest gay sex store in europe in london and you weren't always that open sexually you want to tell the story about how you got your first dildo (laughs) and and the journey from there discovering your sexuality which is actually where when we met you were discovering your sexuality and i was discovering my sexuality up until now like a huge contrast in who you were then and who you are now yeah, the contrast like literally is like black and white comparing to where I was 15 years ago and where I am now and what I do now at the moment. I think once I find out about sex, I really got into it, but I didn't know enough about it. When I met you, I didn't know my sexual preference, like where I wanted to be a top or, or a bottom. So I was experimenting with myself. So Obviously, at that time, I wanted to get into it, but I didn't know how. And also, Cyprus is a very small island and everyone knows everyone. So, yeah, I was very shy when it came to like purchasing maybe something that is you can't really purchase, you know, because I I don't think in Cyprus at the time you had sex shops. I don't know. There were no sex shops. There is a single one right now, but there were no sex shops back then. Yeah, so I mean, like the only place you could get is to get it online, ship from another country, basically. And I don't know, I I got this courage of going into the website and buying one dildo that was cheap. That was, I think, like uh, 10 euros or something. Yeah. And I'm like, where I'm going to ship it to? Because you (laughs) have to receive that toy. And straight away, I had to, the only friend that I had at the time that I could literally connect to and, and he would know who I was and what I like doing was George. So I remember just asking him, like, can I send this item to you, to your <laughs> to your address? And I was freaking out so much. And I was even being shy uh, in front of you. So I wanted to do it so discreetly, like we literally <laughs> changing drugs or something like that. So I remember just yeah, asking you, can I pose this item? And I also, I remember that I didn't want you to open the parcel and see what was inside. I think you were so open and so okay with it that made me feel more comfortable. But obviously I couldn't receive that item <laughs> in, in my own house where my mom and my stepfather used to live. Obviously. So, yeah, and I remember just meeting up with you in the park, you know, like, do you have the parcel? Did you receive it? And like, it felt so illegal. And like 15 years back, I'm like, I look at it now. It must have looked funny. Like, I would love to have that if someone secretly filmed. I would love to see that right now because it was hilarious. But I still have that toy, by the way. You still <laughs> have that first dildo? Yeah. And uh, I taught you how to douche. I mean, yeah, I showed you, you how to be gay. 
you did uh that's the biggest fact ever because i didn't have a clue i thought like oh well like you just just do it literally just do it and yeah you did tell me how to prepare myself how to basically enjoy gay sex and how to basically do the the basic things which uh, i believe a lot of people don't know a lot of people are also afraid to ask how to do it i, I just noticed the irony at the time i was the one teaching you how to use sex toys how to use uh, how to douche and I did that for many of my friends at that age because I was always like, the person that just Google things, just like to get educated on like how to use this correctly and how to do that and how to do the other thing. And you were just discovering your sexuality and having your first dildo, et cetera. And here we are 15 years later, I have a podcast doing exactly that, teaching about sex and talking about sex and relationships. And you run the busiest gay sex store in Europe. <laughs> like... <laughs> Clearly, that was part of our purpose. If you think about it, like right now, it's like it's meant to be like 15 years ago. You're yeah, you're we're doing exactly what we're supposed to do. So, yeah. wow, it's crazy how everything kind of fills in in the in the right space. Right. Right. So tell me about now. So that was then you were just discovering yourself. And now you're here and you do like this times 10. So. Tell me about it. The store itself, it's we, we, we're the busiest one in Soho as well. We get the highest amount of numbers. We are a male-oriented store. That means that uh, most of the items that we have is for males. But obviously, everyone is welcome. And we're trying to, to help every customer, whether it's a male or female or whoever it is, try to find the products that they're looking for. Just recently, since last year, I started working in international sales as well, basically selling the products to international customers. You get to meet a lot of fun people, basically. And all of those people who work in that industry are so easy to talk to and so easy to just be friends with, which it's, it's rare in any other business, I would say. It's definitely rare because, and it makes sense though, because sex is such a vulnerable topic. So if someone is in the sex industry, in whatever part of the industry, they are like automatically more open as people and they are more open to sharing and, and connecting. And that's why it feels so open. I felt that as well, doing this podcast, I chat to like a whole different uh, kind of experts and they're all gay. And the conversation just flows so much easier because they're so open, they're not hiding, and they're willing to communicate and share in a vulnerable way. Now, how did you end up doing this work and getting into this industry? And why have you stayed? What do you enjoy about it? One morning, I saw an ad on Facebook that basically the sex shop was looking for part-time Christmas temporary staff. And I'm like, that sounds fun. I'm like, let me just give my CV and give it a go. So surprisingly, I got invited for the interview. I remember just speaking so much and trying to sound and look confident, even though I was a little bit scared, but uh, I was just talking about my product knowledge as well, what I knew <laughs> from you as well. <laughs> so obviously I, I have used that uh, information and I think when it comes to like hiring people in that sort of industry, they look for personality. So they want to see if you're outgoing, if you're easy to connect to. Three days later, I got a phone call for the regional manager saying that we have a position for you. Three months later, I got promoted to a supervisor 
And wow. after that, literally during COVID, I got promoted to a store manager, which has been so much fun. I love every day of it. And each day is very different. And what, what aspect of the job do you most enjoy? The best part is the customers that we get through the doors because the customers would be all the same. We have different ages, we have different genders. And sometimes people ask me, what is the type of customer that comes to the store? And I say, like, I don't really have a type. Like, obviously, it would be mostly males, but the ages do vary. And someone, it could be, it could be someone who just turned 18. And there's someone who could be, you know, in his 70s and 80s. We obviously try to invite everyone and to give the best customer service ever. So we, we never judge people's age. And yeah, as I said, everyone is really welcome to the store. I love that. And I was going to ask the question, like, what kind of customers come in? But he said that there is not a typical kind of customer. So there's quite a, a big of a variety. But would you say, is it singles? Is it couples? Is it people who are in open relationships? Have you noticed a trend, a pattern of certain customers coming in? Yes. So I would say there's a lot more solos. There are solos that wanting to buy products for themselves and experience their own sexuality. Also, there are solos, but their partner is not with them. So they're looking to spice things up in the bedroom, basically. Couples very rarely would come into the store and buy the item together. Mm, okay, I find this very interesting. And I think I personally feel that we should be moving towards couples going into the store together to 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 buy items to help their sex lives. Because if something's not working, of course, it includes two people, not just one person. But because it's such a taboo matter still in many households, with many of us, there is this, this ingrained deeply ingrained shame that we feel about sex, that we don't talk about it loudly, that we only talk about it privately. We don't bring it to the table to have a conversation so we can share more openly and so we can help ourselves. When customers come in, they have an expectation for what they actually want, but do they know what they want? The answer is sometimes yes, sometimes no, but mostly it's a no. So once they are in the store, we have dedicated sales team who would tell them about each product, how each product works, and what are the benefits of that product. So then the customer would use his own imagination saying, oh, is this the right product for me or not? So we tend to ask, yeah, there will be a lot of personal questions like, what are you looking out of the product? It could be anything, it could be a dildo, it could be a cock ring, it could be a douche. It, it can be even a lubricant, you know? So you have to be able to read behind the lines, essentially, because we're not trained to communicate about sex. So someone may come in and say, you know what, I want to spice up my life. But what does that mean? Like, what exactly do you need to spice up your life? Uh, but I suppose some people like me, I came to you with a task. I'm like, Agnetas, I need to take a bigger dick. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember that one. <laughs> and I literally got to a little hamper, <laughs> you know, a starter kit, how to, how to do it, basically. But I will go back to the customer experience. So all of my staff will range, you know, from young to someone older to fit in the groups of customers that we get as well. So automatically, if we're going to have an older customer, maybe he wants to speak with someone who's also older so they can mm -hmm. have that personal connection a little bit more, 
rather than speaking with someone who's younger. That's actually very thoughtful that you have like salespeople of different ages and different personality types so that you can feel safer with. Because when I go into a sex shop, first of all, immediately I'm like, okay, as I'm getting in, people are watching me. <laughs> people are watching me going into a sex shop. There is shame that we can't escape to a great degree because it's part of the society and the societal taboo around sex. Then I go inside, I'm like, okay, do I talk to the salesperson? Do I not? Do I just try and look around? Like, what do I do? So it's great that there is a selection of different types of gays there who can guide you into choosing something that you want and that there are people that have different personalities and of different ages that you can feel closer to because that one-on-one -on -one connection, I feel it's so important because it creates trust trust nurtures vulnerability and with vulnerability you can communicate and you can get exactly what you want do you think sex toys can replace physical connection i think we're getting there we are getting there very 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 slowly but we are getting there because if you take back you know 30 years ago when we literally started getting the first sex toys where they were just basically hard plastic and a bit of rubber on the top of it but now we are going into AI technology of, you know, robots, basically. And I think in the future, and I think in near future, we will have basically toys that can replace sex. I feel it, it's going towards that direction as well. From an energetic perspective, though, you cannot manufacture energy. And you cannot manufacture like the energetic connection that you have with someone. Yes. You can create amazing AI sex toys or even robots <laughs> that you can have sex with to give you physical pleasure, like orgasms. But what about that emotional connection? What about that energetic connection? That's essentially what sex is all about. So I'm going to flip the question now. So will sex toys replace physical connection? You said you're, we're getting there. Should they? I don't think so, because if we're going to replace sex toys with you know humans with people then i think the whole industry would also die out a little bit because a lot of toys are made to use together as well so i really hope that's not going to be the case at this time but yes there will be some customers who just want solo <laughs> use then yeah. that's why they will have those toy toys on the market so I really hope this is not going to replace that because you can't replace energy and you cannot replace emotions where you're never going to get that from a toy. Yeah. And while you were talking about that, I, I also thought about asexuals who genuinely don't enjoy physical connection. Sex toys and intelligent sex toys would be ideal for them because they'll be able to express their sexuality with themselves with the help of sex toys. Exactly. How do you personally make customers feel at ease and open up about what they need when they come into the store. Because something that I love about you is that you are very open and your energy is very open as well. So you're very accepting. You're very aware of how other people react and their body language, and you know how to make them feel comfortable. How do you do this? <laughs> Break well, down your process, Agnetas. I always explain to my staff when it comes to to, to actual customer training is that um, approach them as they are your friends and give them the space. 
So don't approach them like, hi, how are you today? How can I help you? You know, but approach them like, hey, how's how's it going? You know, give that relaxed moment. So and acknowledge that they're there, but obviously give them space. But obviously some people would be a lot more reserved and some of them be like, oh, yes, I need some help. So that's because we're not like any other store. You have to understand that some people will want their privacy and some people want to be talked to, basically. So we have to find the right balance between, you know, what the customer really wants. So in a way, when we approach them, we just give them a very, very light greeting, a very friendly friendly greeting, and just kind of let them be. And if they need any help, we're always there, like, just ask, ask us. And usually when we introduce ourselves and the way we introduce ourselves, they tend to ask more questions because they feel more like, oh, he's he's going to be nice. He's going to be easy to talk to. But if exactly. you're going to get that, hello, how can I help you today? And like, do, do you need any help or something it's like that? so fake. It's so fake that you'll get that in a lot of like designer boutique shops. And we don't have that. And I never want any of my staff to hang around the customers uh, while they shop. Just let them be. If they need some help, they'll find you. I love that. I 100% agree. This works so much better because you stand shoulder to shoulder with your customer. You don't establish yourself as having higher status than them. And therefore, they feel at ease and they can open up. Whereas if you immediately go into sales mode, hey, how can I help you? Then immediately it places you above them. So you feel lower. And especially when it comes to sex, you don't want to open up to someone that tries to impose something on you or tries to control you or is at a higher power level than you or so they think. <laughs> so I love that that easy, carefree way of communicating. It's very, that that's the best part that sometimes that we have customers coming in and they they, yeah, they will not buy sometimes anything, but we talk to them as they are like friends and yeah, we keep it our professional. We don't <laughs> swear or use any bad words, but we keep the banter, like we keep it up going, basically. It's it's very hard to describe. Like, I don't know, you've been to my store and you see how we are and how you've seen how my staff are, that they are like a friendly bunch of of, of friends. Yeah, that, they're chilled uh, out. Them. Yeah. But uh, the most important thing is never to ignore a customer. That's that's a key thing. Uh, at least acknowledge them. And if they need some help, they'll they'll approach you. I'm curious. From your experience, what is it that deters people from coming into the sex shop in the first place? I think is that a lot of people get shocked of the the range of the toys, the sizes of the toys. It scares them. We we literally stock every size and every color to match the customer's demands for it. But sometimes people, what I personally don't like is that once they come into a store and they start laughing or giggling uh about you know the size of the toys how small or how big or how wide i don't like that and sometimes i have to tone them down it's like <laughs> would you mind keeping it down and like because you're making other customers feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable. yeah um yeah and uh, i have kicked out some people in the past that weren't behaving well and that actually happens quite often and i would say because you know we, we're not like um a religious building that you have to keep quiet and whisper and everything, but you just have to respect the other people who are around uh, around the store. So yeah, if people get turned off by, or they get scared to, because when they see the biggest sizes, 
And I think people don't know what it's like to actually have a sex toy. And a lot of people don't know how some toys work. So I think it's a lack of knowledge and lack of, I wouldn't say interest because, but it's not really there. As you said earlier, it's always kept, sex is always kept private and secret. But I think that should not be the case. I think we should talk about it. And with, with my work colleagues and we talk about, oh, like I bought that toy and then it's like, oh, I bought that toy and like it works well. So we give each other feedback and, you know, George, like with you, I say like, look, I bought that and touch the material of this and how it works. We learn from each other, but because it, it's basically kept so private and so out of place. Yeah, it's, 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 that's why people don't really want to go yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a societal issue that we're taught from a young age to not speak about sex. And even in the most liberal families where they speak about sex, they don't openly do so in front of the children sometimes. And it's kept quiet and there is this stigma around it. So that's why I decided to do this podcast in the first place, because I think it's so important to have these conversations, especially in the gay community, where we have the added shame imposed to to us by society, telling us our entire lives that there is something wrong with us. It's even harder for us to express ourselves and talk about sex in an open way because of this added shame as well. Let's talk about sex toys. Because I remember you, you sent me my hamper, you brought me a hamper and I'm very grateful for with all kinds of like numbing, cre- numbing anal creams and lubricants and, and butt plugs and, and different types of toys. And you were right. Many of them, I didn't even know how to use them like butt plugs. I had no idea how to use butt plugs. I'm like, what is the point of having a butt plug? And you were, you were like, you have to keep it in for like a few hours <laughs> <laughs> it depends how if you want to keep it all day go ahead <laughs> I, I know some people do that that you know they use it with a partner you know and uh, but technology has really improved since the 90s i would say because sex toys not just like what it used to be the easiest way i'm going to describe it i don't know if it's going to make sense but the easiest way to describe about a sex toy is like a car a car is going to get you from A to B as well. So as the sex toy, the sex toy will get you off as well. It will do the job for you as well. But the difference is, is whether you have a Ferrari or I don't know, Nissan Micra. That's the main difference. And this is why I tell to a customer, this is basically the Ferrari of the sex toys. It's like, oh, I don't know what you mean about it. And like, well, compare two products. This is this one and this is this one. So when I explain to them that point, which I know sounds so funny, because once you're driving a car, you get a feeling. The speed, mm-hmm. uh, the comfort is exactly the same thing as a toy. It's a perfect analogy because I remember I used to hate dildos because I always felt pain. And you were like, that's because you're using plastic dildos or like not real feel dildos. And then you got me a real feel. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's like the real thing. And I got so addicted to it. <laughs> So let's talk about like the popular sex toys out there. What sells more? What is the range, first of all? Give, give us like a list of like the range of sex toys people buy and what are the best sellers? I think the best sellers would be obviously dildos. And again, the range will vary from sizes, colors, textures. And I always say to, to my customers, invest in a good toy. 
don't buy the one that you know because you let's say have certain amount of cash and i said look this is the value range of a toy why don't you just invest in something better a little bit later because it does make a big difference whether you have you know 10 pound toy and then you're gonna have another 50 pound toy what's the main difference yes the main difference is the materials the motors the technology that has gone into that toy right now you know we have like doubled or tripled skin layers of of dildos that actually would even flex around so they basically they are they are they would be more comfortable to use and this is what i always try to explain to customers that don't go for the very solid ones because they will hurt a lot for you so go for more the realistic ones because they're a lot of course they're a lot more expensive but they feel a lot better. Obviously, uh, use a toy cleaner with it because uh, if you don't, the material would degrade and they will start to fade as well. One of my favorite toys that to sell to a customer, especially to a male customer, is the prostate toys. Have you heard of those, George? No, what are they? So I'm not being sponsored by this brand or anything like that, but it's a brand in the UK called Nexus and they make male-oriented toys for prostates so oh. it's the only toys that would actually basically hit your prostate oh my god that orgasm the, my best selling product and my personal favorite product is the nexus uh, stealth or nexus revo these two basically have the rotating edges around it and they would basically stimulate your um prostate so you'll Fuck. get that orgasm which no other toy has has that so they're basically leading in technology and yeah of course they're not cheap i'm getting turned on just by hearing about this conversation right now and the idea of this okay so dildos and prostate toys are like the best sellers what else is there on the top list cock rings uh, as well again they vary from sizes shapes materials yeah that they they sell super well just to you know to get your dick hard and keep it hard that's the main purpose of it because a lot yeah. of people are like so what do you do with them i'm like well it kind of stops the blood flow going in and you keep your heart on harder basically and then we have a lot of penis pump sales the question the people that ask me the question is like do they actually work the answer is yes and no so i, the- I have a question as well like with, with like the idea of a pump and a ring both hurt in my mind like when i think about that like it hurts mm, if the ring is uncomfortable and you you know you bought the wrong size then it will hurt mm. that's why when people buying rings like what do you recommend i'm like look i can give the standard ones that could uh stretch quite a lot and it'll be a lot more comfortable so if you never had one you can try this one but a lot of people say like oh they're buying sets because they need to figure out which one is right for them because they're very, very personal toys. You know, some are more tighter, some are even metal as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm flinching just by hearing about this because <laughs> I'm not into bondage, although I could get into bondage. I haven't explored that yet because I have a f- quite a few fetishes. What are the most popular like fetish sex toys? Right now at 2023 and well, let's say 2022 as well. Puppy play has gone off through the roof. We're selling puppy masks. Yeah, like crazy. So hold on a second. So these are masks that people wear to pretend that to role play that they're puppies. Yeah, basically that. Really? Yep. 
Okay, so, that, that makes sense. I mean, doggy style is there. Doggy style, can... but I don't know. I think it's also escapism from reality. Personally, I wouldn't do it. Like, it, it doesn't turn me on, but we actually have a puppy as well who works in a store and he's uh, he's an amazing guy. So a lot of puppies who, who are in that fetish are really nice people as well. I'm into role playing. I just never tried like the animal role play kind of thing, but why not? What used to sell more in the past that now doesn't sell as much? People would think that this would be actually DVDs, right? Porn, you know, DVD. Yeah. But we stocked them and we struggled to find suppliers for it. And people who come in, especially younger people who come in and like, oh, do people still buy these? I'm like, yes, the demand is crazy for it because these are becoming like collector's items. The, the demand for it, yeah, it's not as same as it used to be, you know, like 20 years ago or 15 years ago, but there is still demand for it. So yes, that's a product I would really went down, but it's still there. Honestly, I think all of the toys, they're, they're still selling as they used to, but I'll tell you, do like from st statistic point of view, I'll tell you that bondage is on the rise. So people oh, yes. are getting more frisky. I previously said I, I, well, I didn't get into it, but I like the idea of bondage without the pain. <laughs> I like the aesthetic yeah. of bondage. Is there a sex toy that has unexpectedly sold more than you expected it to? That's a very good question. Yes. It will be the a masturbator called Autoblow. Again, I'm not being sponsored or anything like that. It's an American product that has AI chip inside that's supposed yeah. to mimic the, the blow job. So they are pricey as hell, but we've done it as a trial run to see how it's going to sell. And uh, people buying this as a gift or investment or some people buy even as a joke. But that product, when once we get a feedback from it, yeah, that's a big surprise. That Because we didn't think that people would go and spend that much money for, for one toy. Yeah, for getting an endless blowjob, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it has, as I said, an AI fit in in, in it and uh, it basically has its, its own mind. So, yeah. This conversation has been so eye-opening. And yes, we could chat for hours about all kinds of sex toys and about other things as well. But thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and being so open and sharing about your journey and for being my friend for so many years. <laughs> and I look forward to many more such conversations to come. Thanks, George. The main thing I want to mention to your listeners is that don't be afraid to visit your local sex stores. The people who work there are all around the world are amazing because in order to do this job, you have to be outgoing. So please don't be shy and explore yourself, explore your sexuality and invest in a good toy and save your money in order to get something better. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any insights or a story to share, message me on Instagram at George Lizos and tell me all about it. I would love to hear from you.